This is Inanda Joy. And I'm Valerie. And we welcome you to the practice of living from your heart while finding oneness in duality. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. Ding. And the angels sing. (laughs) Here we are. (laughs) Hello, hello. Hello. Here we are. Episode four of our podcast. It's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Yeah. So how are you doing today? You know, when you're in those places in between and it's like the uncomfort of things moving Mm -hmm. and you recognize it's all good. It's moving. Energy's moving. You don't feel the best. A couple days ago I was emotional. But I'm also asking to open up to more of my psychic abilities. Mm. So I've started working with a mentor doing that. And what does that look like? Because you've said that to me before. And I've, I've wondered, what's your process for that? When you say I'm asking to open up to my psychic abilities, what does that look like? Could you share? Yes, of course I will share. Thank, Thank you. you for asking. <laughs> Um, that's a great question. And really all of us have psychic abilities, right? And most people, when you start looking back into the different aspects of psychic abilities, which is either empathic and and feeling in your body or it's seeing things and it's not seeing things with the physical eyes, but you know, more with your imagination or it's hearing things again, not hearing with the human physical ears, but hearing it's more, sounds like thoughts. Mm -hmm. Um, and what's the fourth one? It's snowing. That's my, my dominant psychic sense is just knowing. knowing. I thought you said it's snowing. I'm like, like, why are you looking outside? (laughs) 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 That's funny. Knowing. No, it's knowing. knowing. It's like you you just, things just come and you just, you know, that's my main dominant sense. Yeah. So with. the uh, mentor that I'm working with, her name is Kelly Coer. I hope I'm saying your last name right, Kelly. She's probably the cleanest psychic that I've ever met. I did a session with her first and I had a friend that recommended her. And when I say clean, you can tell that there's no filters. Like she doesn't have any of her personal filters there. It's really clean, direct mm-hmm. communication, mm-hmm. which I've never experienced, at least in my experience, I've not experience it to that level. So I was excited to have her be more my mentor. She does this with, I mean, it's part of her program. Love it. Anyway. So for me a while ago, especially stepping into practitioner, I started having more of these abilities coming online of hearing, seeing, and I really wanted to open up those psychic centers more. So that was kind of like, and I know from my experience, a lot of times we just have blocks. Like when we, one of our podcasts, we were talking about how even just communication as is hard for a lot of us to do, especially if it's prayer or if it's incantations or anything like that. Mm-hmm. There's been past life rememberings of holdings, I should say, because a lot of times we don't remember until we do, of consequences when we did do that. And now stepping into more sovereign self, like we've talked about over and over again, part of it's just clearing some of that and asking to open up to that remembering of these aspects. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday and she was just saying, you know, it's funny because for her, she said, I feel like you always have had these, these skill sets. So it's interesting to me that she was saying this, it's interesting to me that you're looking for a mentor to help you. 
It's like, well, of course I am because I may have, I may have these skill sets, but I don't know how to really harness them or utilize them more or, you know, finding the subtleties and and recognizing, oh, this feeling in my body is actually information from whatever it is. You know, she has me writing, I have a symbols notebook that's just, you know, my symbols that I'm getting. I see a lot of numbers and see a lot of things like that and saw two bats the other day and you know it's just starting to get familiar and and picking up on those subtleties because they are really subtle they're very soft and she's a way shower Mm -hmm. just like in some aspects that that's what we're doing in our podcast we've learned things and we're wanting to be way showers to others to possibly find their own way and maybe utilizing some of these pieces that that we've experienced but so what do you feel is your, like the one that you're most comfortable with, your psychic gift, gift that's a dominant that you don't have to do much tuning so, into? So that's my, been my homework this week. She goes through the three, four Claire's is what she mm-hmm. calls it. And I'm supposed to go through and write and I have all of them. Like I, I don't know that I would say that there's one that's been more dominant I think maybe knowing but then that's the one I've written least amount but if I go back through my life I've always had a knowing I've always known that was something that was a a skill set of mine especially through my life or through business I would know when to do something and when I got the answer I knew but that's also a little different but is it a knowing through like a an emotion like you feel something or is it just something that's like anchored in? Not it's just a knowing. Just I don't know. Yeah, like just a, a knowing. Sense of knowing. Yeah. So, because I would say that you're very um, empathic emotionally. Mm-hmm. Like you definitely feel people's emotions. Like you'll tell me, you feel depleted. Go take care of yourself. Oh, yeah, you're right. Like you yeah. definitely pick up on the emotional pieces. That's been my experience with I, you. I feel like, yes, I definitely, that's been one of my stronger suits. When I was doing Reiki, my empathic skill sets came online more. And I feel like with the practitioner's shaman training, seeing and hearing has come online more. So that's why as I'm looking at all four of these, it's like, oh, I, well, I have all four. I don't know. So it'll be, I have another call with her on Friday. I'll be, yeah. it'll be interesting to. Yeah. I feel like all of us have, and I thought there was five five Claire's, but maybe just four. Claire sentience, clairvoyance, Claire audience. And then cognizant. Claire cognizant. Yeah. It's anyway, the homework I was given was four. four. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, I feel like we are all psychic. We just don't know necessarily a, that's the channel it's coming from or B, we haven't trained ourselves to tune in that way. And so it kind of goes back to what we were talking about, the cognitive dissonance in the last um, episode where you hear something, but it doesn't line up with what your, say your psychic centers are giving information around. And so you try to make sense of it and it doesn't make sense. And so in the cognitive dissonance, we move into letting go of the truth in our bodies and more move into what we're told. So I feel like that's maybe, um, where a lot of us are, where a lot of us have been. And a lot of people are choosing to tune in more into the truth of their bodies, which that's what I believe the, the psychic centers are informing. 
right? Yes, but I don't know in my knowing so far, I wouldn't say that when I hear something and I get a message from spirit that I have an alignment in my body, I'm learning more that that's what it is. It's not linear thinking. It's a random thought. Or when I'm doing a session, I'll have an image right, right, and then right. a thought that comes with it. Right. So it's not... Well, that's not cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is when, um, say, you're told, you're looking at the grass and you're told the grass is blue. I mean, that's a very broad, no, I, terrible example. You know what I mean? But I don't feel like that's what the tuning in psychically, it is because it's, okay, maybe I don't know enough to be talking about this. Well, I think it's interesting to talk through because it's something that, again, all of us have, and it's kind of understanding what it is. But I think they're two separate things. Cognitive dissonance is is when you have a something that, somebody's telling you is true, right. but it doesn't align with your body. That's a cognitive dissonance. Right, right, right. With the psychic abilities, I don't feel like it, it falls on the same line as far as truth, quote unquote truth with it's, it's more just a skill set okay. of like a way to tune in on a different level. Yes. Okay. Like I have ringing in both my ears almost all the time. Hmm. What do you think about that? Well, what I, what I've been told and which I feel is true because this is something I've been working on for a while. It is, it's my higher self trying to communicate with me. Hmm. So trying to tune into that is, I've been getting a little fucking frustrated of, okay, change the channel, change. Okay. (laughs) Can I hear? Okay. I can't quite. And it's like this whole like, yeah, anyway, and I'm letting go because it'll open when it wants to open and. And at the same time, I'm also like my body's detoxing and I feel like I'm trying to go more into that, you know, the merging of the two bodies of the spirit body and the physical body. And I don't know. So I'm trying to be gentle, kind of like what we talked about with the last, mm-hmm. last podcast, but I don't know, just kind of in it a little. Yeah. When you say ringing in your ears, I always joke with my kids <laughs> when I hear ringing in my ears, it's my mothership passing by <laughs> sending me a hey we're hey. up here you know what's funny too with all of this I call it my spidey sense and uh-huh. with my kids especially my youngest I'm like Jordan you know I have spidey sense so when you lie to me because now I can pick up more and more when they're lying oh absolutely and with my daughter with Alexa the other day she was she claimed she was sick you know one of those typical and I and I'm like Alexa I know you're lying like just yeah and finally she breaks down she's like how do you do that I'm like you just need to trust that I have spidey sense so could you not lie to me that would be great yeah so it's definitely been a really that alone is a pretty huge asset yeah absolutely (laughs) I do love that you um said there's you ha- it's like a, almost a process of surrender because it's going to come through when it comes through. And I've been thinking a lot about this with all the talk in this spiritual community of ascending. And the thing that rubs me really wrong about it is coming back to this paradigm again that I need to do this and this and this and then I will ascend. And um, that I- doesn't ring true to me. And I keep coming back to this awesome book uh, called... Oh my gosh. The Gene Key. The Gene Keys. Yeah. yeah. Richard Rudd, the Gene Keys. And it's another uh, system, like an, not astrology system, but kind of like astrology, but working with your, um, your actual genetic makeup based on your birth information. Well, it takes the I Ching and astrology and, and the human, the not human code, no. the gene code. I'll look it up. 
Yeah, but oh. it's I Ching. Um, it's it's a combination of yeah. several pieces. Yeah, but it's very feminine energy in its origins. Like it's uh, if he said the I Ching is the masculine, this the Jing the Jing keys is the feminine part of it that was missing. Um, but the fifty fifth Jing key, he talks about the ascension of humanity, basically. See, I'll have to look that up. It may be the individual. There's two. There's one that's humanity and one's the individual. But he gives the example of a dragonfly, and I've told you this before, right? A dragonfly starts off as a water insect. In fact, it doesn't even need to come to the surface for air. It's completely submerged underwater. It's called a nymph. And one day, the dragonfly decides, I'm going to climb on that stick. Gets on the stick. The sun starts drying it out. It starts moving, and the wings come out. And then it's a flying animal and it doesn't there's nothing it has to do it's an internal informing that tells that dragonfly okay now it's time climb out of the water so anytime people are talking about oh just do this this or this or this and then this will happen I'm like "Hmm, that's not what the dragonfly does you know I looked back to nature so I love that you shared that with uh, opening to your psychic abilities that there is a timing that's beyond our demanding of it. It's a sense of surrender, which then also brings in that feminine aspect as well, right? Well, for me, it has been like a calling. Okay, it's time to open this. I'm I'm asking for my psychic centers, for these parts of me to be open. Mm-hmm. What do I, you know, then calling in, What? how do I do that? What right. do I need to do? you know, as a facilitator of any type of healing, any type of modality, you can only go as far with your clients and in that healing session mm-hmm. that you have the skill set and the knowledge to go. Granted, right. there's things that could pop in that it's just new information, new informing, but that's just the reality of it. So it's the same thing with even our own personal progression. I, this is something new. How do I do this? And there's friends that I have that I can practice with, that I have this space of freedom to go, okay, I'm just going to, I'm hearing this. I'm just going to say it out loud. If it rings true, great. If not, not. And that's, you know, one of the first books that I read that I really enjoyed was uh, Michael Bodine's Growing Up Psychic. And I, as a young kid, I would always have a lot of fear and I could always sense spirits and beings. And as then as a mother and having children, I could sense spirits and beings in my house. And there was always a fear around it. And I, for me, I know in my upbringing, a lot of it was because of the religious you know, Satan, the devil, that kind of a thing, and kind of a lot of fear, not kind of, I mean, there was a lot of fear Mm -hmm. around it and possession. And, you know, if the devil ever comes in, you ask if, and it's portraying, you know, you ask to shake its hand, that kind of thing. Right. So as a kid, though, we were taught this at a very young age. And so I always carried a lot of fear. And I'm someone that if I have fear around something, I'm going to go research. So I started reading one of the first books I read was Growing Up Psychic by Michael Bodine. And I really loved that book. So then I started playing with different things. Like we would play, I had a friend that was doing kind of exploring with me. And so we played billets where you like write down a, I can't remember what we did. It was something like write down a vision of what you see yourself and something like that. And then you exchange it with the other person and they just hold it and meditate and see what they get. And it was cool because both of ours were just totally spot on with what the other. And then another one we did was going to, oh, we were playing with orbs. And we went to a cemetery. We had a friend of ours that had a digital camera. And we sat there and we 
meditated and, and had him taking pictures the whole time. And we called on only beings of complete light to come in. And we went from there's nothing, there's no humidity, nothing in the, the atmosphere, and there was nothing in the picture to all of a sudden hundreds of orbs that were around us. And it was super cool to kind of play with the supernatural, but it's mm-hmm. really just playing in the different realms, in the mm-hmm. different worlds. And so that's what I'm asking now is you know, stepping into more a playing in these other worlds that just because we can't see them with our physical eyes and our humanness doesn't mean that they're not there. Yeah. And I feel like we've all had experiences on, on some level. And this actually brings up an interesting conversation that I think is asking to be had because of your experience last night mm-hmm. around protection. Mm-hmm. So protection was something that I usually in, elicits fear, Right. Right. If you think I have to protect myself from something, right. then there's a fear response. And I have a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. And when I was practicing Wicca, there was a woman that held herself in a lot of white light. She's beautiful and amazing. And she never believed in calling on protection. Mm-hmm. What are you protecting from? And mm-hmm. that means that there's something to be afraid of. Sure. And yet, here's the paradox. There are real things that happen. I have put sentinels around my house. Yeah, I too. have... Um, tourmaline and uh, what's the white? Salonite. Salonite in every bedroom of the house, you know, as a quote unquote protection from energetics. Yeah. I think the thing that's coming to mind when you're you're talking is uh, boundaries, actually. What you're doing is setting a boundary and the the intention behind the boundary can be fear-driven in that there's something that I need to protect myself from. And that can, that could be fear driven or not, right? It's just what you align with in your intention for setting a boundary. But, um, I like, I do like that word boundary, by the way. Yeah, we do have to set boundaries in life. We absolutely have to set boundaries, especially the more empathic, the more psychic you become. It can come to a point where nothing that can get through into your psychic centers is going to leave you alone because they want to be heard. They want to be like I've got a friend who's a a medium and a channeler and she's like I absolutely have to have boundaries because otherwise spirits are talking to me all the time yeah and it's like nope this is my time this is my boundary you're not allowed in mm-hmm. so it kind of comes back to like when we feel the presence of something dark or Shadowy. not in alignment <laughs> with the light we hold you can feel it you can feel it. And sometimes it feels very unsettling and sometimes it feels, um, even scary, mm-hmm. but casting a circle of protection is setting a boundary mm-hmm. of this is my space. You're not allowed in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that feels good to me to do that. I know with my children, I've told them when they sense energies that are lower or that feel that elicit a fear response that mm-hmm. they can say, nothing of anything less than light is allowed nothing let's see what do i say now i got to remember only spirits with complete light are allowed here anything else is asked to leave now and you command it to leave mm-hmm. and sometimes you have to do that a couple times i tell them also laughter you know pulling in light when you raise your frequency it doesn't allow for denser energies to lessen you know things that are lower frequency to be in that space yeah and just like in the human plane when we're dealing with this, it's, you know, there are 
there are fuckers that like to just dick around and they're just dicking around because yep. that's what they can do. Yeah. But I know I... I have, yeah, like I told you, I have sentinels. Sentinels, I imagine, is these big warrior beings that stand at each direction of of my house on my property. And I have a force field, so to speak, you know, an energy, energetic circle that goes in between them. And I fortify it every once. I haven't had to do it for quite a while. Yeah. But I did have to fortify it several times. We had a lot of energies that would come into this space. And now I hardly have... I hardly have any issue. And again, here's another paradox with when you hold yourself in light and a high frequency, it naturally does repel anything that is less than light. And there are still, so there's, there's both that are true. You know, you can hold yourself in complete light and we're not perfect. And who knows, things change all the time. And I may need to put a force field (laughs) (laughs) around around my home sure I mean you could even argue sometimes the higher frequency you hold the more magnetic you come you become to the opposite right because both both are here both exist I have it doesn't mean that they're gonna bump into you but if we're if we're talking about duality yeah everything has its counterpart in a dualistic world you know so maybe that adversaries if you will those people that are here to challenge you or wake you up they're going to match you in frequency until they don't Mm -hmm. you know what I mean does that make sense no it makes total sense and I think that goes a little bit what you're talking about with your friend that's a psychic and this woman that was I she had me write a letter essentially accepting these gifts and claiming it and she goes the minute you send this out to the universe it's like you flip on a switch so you'll want to you know do a, a protection a something around those lines every day. I haven't at first Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh shit, because not one of us wants to wake up to some creepy guy hanging out over our bed or whatever it is. Right. And she did say, you know, you can have boundaries. You can have boundaries with this and say only blah, 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 you know, Mm -hmm. filter it however you want to filter and create that boundary in this letter. But I haven't had, now that I'm saying it to all of you, (laughs) I haven't, (laughs) I know I haven't had any, any issues yet. And it, and I don't feel like my centers have been blown open at all, even though that's yeah. what I'm asking for. Yeah. But my physical body has um, definitely been depleted. So something's moving. What's, what's coming to mind that's so interesting is our beliefs shape our experience. And you've said to me before, I don't believe I need to protect myself because I can be in such a high frequency of light that that is the protection, right? Your frequency you hold. And so I don't, I don't need, so if someone is holding a belief that they do have to protect themselves, they probably better protect themselves. Right. So that's an interesting thing to look at how powerful we are in creating our experience Mm -hmm. based on our beliefs. Yeah. Right. hundred percent. Where you don't hold that. Yes. You've in the past done things to fortify a boundary and put up sentinels. I have the same on my property. Um, every time I leave, I seal my house, you know, that kind of thing. But the belief is going to shape what you experience Mm -hmm. in your reality. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, definitely an interesting topic. And it's definitely one I'm still navigating and asking to open up more. Yeah, more to, you know, it's the whole thing, too, with helping spirits cross over. Like, I've already had some experiences with that. And it's a really... I mean, it's a very real thing. This mm-hmm. other world is very real. Yeah. 
I don't know. It It's also when you say, you know, the paradox of the reality that we're living in now or the duality that we are living on in now on this planet, I have to wonder a little bit, this idea of moving from 3D to 5D, which I believe will take some time. When I don't know if we're going to live in such a dual, dualistic right. world. Do right. you? Well, it's from what I understand, duality exists in the 3D. So it doesn't exist in the 5D. So our podcast is going to be a mute point in a few years. <laughs> or we'll just we'll just uh, find a new direction to take it, I right? Know. I'm totally teasing. <laughs> yeah. But it's an interesting thought. Uh, you take this sh- these shadow workers that are on the planet now, which there's a lot of them, and all of a sudden they're not a part of the equation. What happens? And do we still have duality even in our human physical embodiment and understanding? Do we still have to learn from that place? Well, the thing that comes to mind when you say that is... Um, I believe it was on a grandmother of Jesus. And we've referenced that book a lot. Um, If you haven't read it, I guess you better. (laughs) (laughs) You know what the hell we're talking about. We're really revealing what Christ consciousness is and what the message of Christ consciousness is, is holding that space of paradox, holding the and, holding the duality in a place of center And from what I understand, that's what those who have ascended with their physical bodies, say Jesus Christ and others, Buddha, that's what they have become masters at, is holding that space of duality or that place of paradox in a place of oneness. Mm -hmm. They get at one mint. They're at one mint with everything. and That there's truth in all things. Yeah. And none of it is separate from God. And if not, God meaning source, the, mm-hmm. the everything. And none of it is separate from us. So it's finding your at one mint or your sense of connection to anything and everything, including the dark and light, mm-hmm. including the good and bad, including the evil and righteous, whatever words you want to use. Mm-hmm. And that's part of um, the practice, I believe, of finding oneness is holding that space of paradox because it is a place of paradox. In one of the books I read, um, Claiming Your Shadow, Your Shadow Self, I think, Claiming Your Shadow Self, he talked about a mandorla and a mandorla is when you have two complete opposite things that are in duality and you start to overlap them and the place where they overlap becomes the the dissonance and the harmony hmm. and he he says you can there's music that will do this where you hear the harmony going on and then you hear the dissonance and then they bring it together and it creates like a completion almost in the music or they do it in storytelling, you know, mm-hmm. where you, it's kind of where the things get pulled into a happy ending or whatever. It's, it's that place of paradox. And that's where he's saying finding balance at your center is, is you're not getting pulled into polarity one way or the other, but you're actually walking that center line where the mandorla, where the two opposites overlap into the center when I feel like in a very personal, you know, how do I do this in a very personal way? 
I notice sometimes as I'm re-listening to some of this, I don't complete my thoughts. I know before, I don't either. <laughs> for, I feel like you do as I'm as I'm listening. I feel like you're very well spoken. Thank but, you. It's our air quality. I feel. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I didn't finish. This. Did I finish that thought? <laughs> anyway, you know, on a very human level, especially as we we do start waking up to a world that is not just very linear, but it's more all encompassing. Mm -hmm. A lot of times when that happens and we start having this awakening, and again, I hate these words, but there's no other words to use for it. We have this awakening. A lot of times what has been will start dying, which is a very painful process. Mm -hmm. And things will start creating more disharmony, like you're talking Mm -hmm. about in our life, i.e. divorce, i.e. cussy issues with children, i.e. friends, your closest friends that now are betraying you, whatever it is. Or you're just not in alignment with anymore. Yeah, but yeah. but usually it's not just alignment and then it falls away. Usually there's no. a pain response yeah. with it. It's yeah. some sort of a death in some ways. Yeah, some kind of conflict. Yes. Yes. And, it, and again, there's a paradox. Wait, I'm waking up and yet here's all this pain and this trauma and this um, chaos in my life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like bringing it back to the self one of the practices that I think is really important is always bringing it back to the self. Where do I find my harmony? Where do I find my center? What's my knowing? But outside of that too, if we believe, and I did I say this in an earlier podcast, that we believe in multiple lifetimes means that we did choose these experiences. Our children chose these experiences. Our friends, our partners, our parents, whoever mm-hmm. it is chose these experiences. Even in the density of that really heavy, painful trauma, dark, dark, dark places of massive loss, we chose it on some level. Mm -hmm. And that I think is where, when you're talking about the paradox and bringing into the oneness or the, what do you call it? Mandalorian? Mandorla. Mandorla. I say Mandalorian because of Star Wars. (laughs) I love it. Anyway, I feel, especially with some experiences that I've had more recently, the only thing that we can ever control in our world is ourselves. Yep. We can't control our children, our partners, our friends, our parents, none of it. We can only control ourselves. And when we can find the oneness in all things in ourself, in our situation and find the peace with that, Mm -hmm. then it will radiate out into our world. And it actually will reflect in our relationships and our partners. And it's a layered process. So this is the part I do feel like with waking up with Ascension. It, there are layers. Right. It's not necessarily linear. I, right. th- I do see it more as like a circle kind of thing. Like a spiral. Yeah. 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 Uh, there are layers that you remove as you're going through, quote unquote, the Ascension process of raising your vibration and raising your fre- frequency. It means that you're removing the sludge. You're removing the density. You're letting go of the binds. And in order to do that, somehow there needs to be a recognition of the binds, of the shadow. And there's peace that comes, that can come with it. Right. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like um, the practice, like refining the practice, is even though it's chaotic and it feels uncomfortable, there's still a peace there. And that doesn't mean it always feels good. Like we have to go through the experience of the emotions that come up with loss, with the ending of a marriage, the ending of a business, the ending of a relationship, um, whatever endings are presenting. 
there's emotions that tied that's tied with that and mm-hmm. we allow the emotion to move through our bodies so we don't get it stuck somewhere that then later it has to create a symptom so it gets our attention to be processed but there's still a peace in it and that's where the surrender comes where I'm going to follow the truth that I feel within me at all costs that's stepping into that sovereign self again I'm going to walk my path at all costs. I'm going to set my boundaries because this is now my path. Right. And and I'm different. So as we change, everything changes, Mm -hmm. right? If it's all a projection of our belief system, we're creating our belief. Our beliefs are creating our experience. As our beliefs change, our experience is going to change. Right. And so as we change into the frequency of the new place, that's where I feel the, um, there's a disharmony that happens before the new landing. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, and that's, and that's the space in between. Well, and, and that's where the, um, intensity of the uncomfortable feelings lessen because we're in that piece of the storm, you know, whatever's going on around us, we can still hold that center place of I'm going to be okay. Cause I'm moving from a place that feels like truth. And though holding that place of the stillness, though, is a practice. Oh, like doing your meditation, doing absolutely. The, whatever your practice is on a daily basis. I feel like, especially when you are in those spaces of trauma and change, having whatever your practice is, doing it on a daily basis, even when you don't feel like it, I feel like is crucial in those moments. And also stepping out of story. Because mm-hmm. I, and I'm just thinking, and again, I just had some recent experiences with some, someone else that is kind of in the new, new of this. So I was reflecting back in my newness of it when everything is new and you're recognizing what was is no longer serving me. And so I'm asking for something different. We do have a tendency to get caught up in the story, but so-and-so did this and so-and-so is this and da 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 And when we step into story, it doesn't allow for the, the stillness, the peace. Right. Yes. All of that is true. Right. And that's painful. And I'm sorry. And where do you come back to you and what can you control? Well, I can control my breathing. I can control what I eat every day. I can control how I'm, what, what I'm going to allow in my, in my brain, you know, all those aspects go. Yeah, absolutely. So is there something that you do on a daily, on the daily, on the daily, as a practice that helps you stay in your center? Like we've talked about different breathing and we've done, you know, one or two different things. It, what, what's something you do on a daily that helps you stay centered? Well, I'm going to tell a little story with this first. Love it. <laughs> At 19 years old, 19 years old, I was diagnosed as bipolar. Mm-hmm. Have I shared this? Yeah, yeah, you did a couple times ago. But because of that, my emotions were always this really negative thing. And I even find now that I'm... 40, there will, there will still be those moments where I feel so tranquil and like, holy shit, this is amazing. I want to stay here. I love this space. And then I start getting into the uncomfortable with, which is where I'm at now. And there is a sadness and a sorrow that comes up of God, like how many times do I have to go through the rough, the difficult, the pain, because this the uncomfortable is painful yeah. in the physical body, in the emotional body. It, it, it just is. Yeah. And for me, one of the things that I've gotten better at, I feel like, is recognizing A, and we just talked about this too, I believe we did, 
they, it doesn't have to stay as long as it used to. Right. These places of, you know, change of pain of discomfort. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to stay long. I know how to move the energy and I'll talk about that in a second. And I don't have to judge it. Right. Which is a natural place for me to want to go of judging of God. uh, I liked where I was before. I really don't want to be here. And I asked for this. Mm -hmm. When I ask for an opening, awakening of whatever, I want to be better at whatever it is, there's going to be a change because what you knew now is not going to serve what you're asking for. So now there's a change. So for me, my breath, meditation or breath, and every day it just depends. I do a meditation practice um, that's a breath of fire and working with my luminous cord. So I'll anchor that in the mother and Pajamama. So whatever layer, like there's the rock layer, or there's sediment or the underground rivers or even the heart, the belly of the mother, I'll anchor my luminous cord and your luminous cord goes out of your root chakra and you can imagine it like a, like a literal light cord. What is it? What is a luminous cord for those that haven't heard that before? It's part of our, a lot of people call it to um, your prana tube. I okay. feel, I believe they're the same thing. I don't know if you have a different understanding. I think it's a shamanic term, luminous cord, because I haven't heard that other than from you. Yeah. But I would guess. So you send your light cord, which anchors you to the earth and our humanness, anchors our human, physical, and energetic body into the earth. And then you do breath of fire. So the breath of fire is just in and out through your nose really fast. And Mm -hmm. um, for me, I'll, since we're on camera, I'll put my hands behind my back, pointing downwards. Mm Mm-hmm. And I have my intention that it's rooted in whatever place it wanted to root in the earth. And I'll do the breath of fire, really fast breaths or Mm -hmm. whatever it is that day that I need. But it's also its second chakra. And that's right there in what nerve? This is the vagus nerve, I believe, that sits in the second chakra. Isn't it the vagus? I don't, the vagus is responsible for a lot of different things, I would guess. Because vagus has to do with digestion and like movement of your smooth tissue organs. So I don't, I don't know for sure, but I, I believe it affects. So you focus your energy, your breath, when you're doing your, your rapid breath mm-hmm. in that second chakra, mm-hmm. which does affect mm-hmm. the vagus nerve. Mm-hmm. So you're doing the breath of fire. And then when you feel done, you exhale, take like a deep cleansing breath. And then you actually, we do three breaths as one, you breathe in and then you pulse, like you're using that perineum, that muscle that when you have to stop peeing, mm-hmm. that muscle, you mm-hmm. pulse that energy, the light coming in through your light cord from the earth into your physical body. And you're imagining it coming up, 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 up as far as it can. And then you exhale when you can't do it any, any longer. Mm-hmm. And then you do the opposite. So you go up, send your luminous cord up through your body, up through your crown and all the way to source or... The stars, just you send it all the way up wherever it lands is perfect. And you do the same thing. So breath of fire, you can even hold your hands above your head and you're breathing, you know, quick breaths until usually you'll hit a point too where you're like, oh my gosh, I can't breathe. And that's usually when you're using your breath, you're moving energy. So a lot of times you're bumping up against an energetic piece that wants to move. So continue breathing and then just trust your body when it feels done and do the same thing where mm. you're cleansing breath, three breaths is one, you hold it and then you pump that same perineum muscle, but you're imagining energy from source energy coming down into your crown, into your physical body, and you're actually mixing it with the earth energies in your physical body. So I do three rounds 
and that's something I do pretty frequently. And then after that, I'll actually go into like a journey meditation. I'll go to my underworld and shamanic practices. Underworld is this beautiful, beautiful place. But that's one of the things that I do. I take a lot of baths too. Mm -hmm. I'm a bath lover. Like I have to, yeah. What about you? Yeah. Water is definitely a big element for me that helps clear my, um, layers, my emotional, my physical, my spiritual layers. Um, I notice like this morning, I don't feel like I slept last night. I feel like maybe I was working in the astral realms all night long. (laughs) Like I woke up at 3am from some pretty ugly dreams and did some clearing of my space and myself setting boundaries. I'm going to say that instead of protection. Um, and then I noticed this morning I was so tired and I hate those mornings when you wake up tired, Yeah. but I think I was dehydrated. And so I just chugged like a giant thing of water and I started feeling better. And then I made Mm. sure, uh, just grounding for me, I open a circle, um, I find my attunement and for me attunement is where I'm aligning my energy for the day. Like where do I want energetically to be connected? So we can do that unconsciously, which we do, you know, right. Where we get pulled All the into time. whatever is going on around us, or we can become intentional and say, I'm going to be aligned in this today. To me, that's attunement. Um, and I notice when I, do that I can weather whatever is happening a lot better you know Mm -hmm. but yeah sometimes I mean it depends sometimes I need movement for me movement is very calming it calms my nervous system it calms my mind it gets me in my body and when this the mental loop is spiraling it helps me get out of that for a moment and find clarity. That's when, um, I find clarity is when I move. So I've also lately been doing the Wim Hof breathing, which I think is fantastic because for someone who has a hard time closing or calming my mind, my thoughts focused on some circular breathing. That's pretty forceful is the wrong word, but pretty aggressive Mm -hmm. um, where your inhale and your exhale just flow into each other. And I've been really focusing, especially with all of the respiratory virus going on, the more you can work and clear your lungs and get that stagnant energy out, the healthier your lungs are going to be. So, and really into my solar plexus and down into my, um, lower pelvis, really letting that area expand and contract with the breath. And then, um, he has you hold it for ever. It feels like, <laughs> <laughs> like I can't breathe. <laughs> I know. I think the first round, it's a minute and I'm like, there's no way in hell I'm going to hold my breath for a minute. Yeah, and good. I did. And then the second round, it's like a minute and a half. And I think he does it even longer, wow. but I haven't graduated from 90 seconds yet. I'm still very happy with that. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> and then you hold, and then at the end of that, you hold the breath for 15 seconds. And it's just very clearing. And his claim is that it helps alkalinize your body, mm-hmm. which when you're al- in an alkaline state, homeostasis is easier or like that even state where you're not going to be sick is yeah. optimal. So... Yeah, those are some of the tools. For a long time, a long part of my life, yoga was a big resource for me. But You're such a great yoga teacher, too. Oh, thank you. That was a really fun thing. But uh, yeah, I haven't been drawn to yoga very much the last little bit. So I'm just, it's kind of that process of honoring what feels 
to everything. There's a time and a yeah, season. Yeah, and what you feel drawn to. Like, yeah. honor that. It was really weird for me to step away from yoga and not teach anymore. I'm not really even being drawn to practice. And that was just me personally. I think it's a great practice. Mm-hmm. And it's an amazing practice to get into your body. But for one reason or another, I was done. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. For sure, honoring your body. And the breath, I just read a quote the other day. I feel like it said something around... I want to say close to 80% of when you use breath as a movement, how much toxins it can move out of your body mm-hmm. more so than sweating exercise breath moves out more toxins in mm-hmm. your body. It was, it, it was an interesting statistic for me to read. Yeah. And I do know water for me, I will short circuit mm-hmm. a lot of times with headaches or some other things where I feel a lot of times I, yeah. I need, I agree with you on like the water. So tired. Yeah. Yeah. So tired. Um, I was going to say something about the breath. Something. I know. (laughs) Who knows? Uh, Yeah, breath has become something that I remember people would always say, use your breath, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, whatever. The more, especially even, I don't know. Now I use it all the time. It does move energy the quickest. Yeah. Well, in yoga, we teach it's the... uh, it's the thing that it's the bridge that connects the mind and body Mm. is prana breath. Like, well, breath moves prana. Prana is your energy or your life force and breath moves it. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know this was what I was going to say. When we are living in a constant state of stress or trauma, most of us hold our breaths or we breathe very shallow. And that is, um, a direct consequence of being in the fight or flight Mm -hmm. or the sympathetic nervous system because that's we're conserving all our energy to go and save our lives like take off fight whatever so when we can slow the breath down and get into a very slow breath a very deep um, diaphragmatic breath it pulls us down into the bottom lobes of the lungs which are the most oxygen dense part and we get more oxygen per breath, and it puts us in the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest or rest and relax, whatever, where our body is like, okay, I can take care of all the periphery things now. I can rebuild. I can restore, get back to center. Yeah. So it's huge. Breath is. is huge. Well, and lungs hold grief. Oh, yeah. So the more you expand that and breathe into that, it moves that energy. Yeah. Yeah, there's breaths are beautiful. We talk, I feel like we... We talked, we've talked about that before too. Yeah. Yeah. We did a breath exercise and another one. Um, I'm kind of feeling like it'd be cool to do a guided meditation. Do it. Well, do you want, do you want to do one? Cause that's very much a part of a shamanic practice, right? Is to do a guided imagery or guided meditation. Yes. Well, most people that are driving or listening are more than likely driving what I think would be a good offer for anyone who is trying to practice or have a better practice and in trying to move energy because you and I are feeling low in energy today. I know we're not the only ones. Mm-hmm. Again, our planet is literally, we're, it's mulching energy all the time, especially right now in my belief system. And we're actually seeing it. It's not just me. There's a lot of shadowy aspects that are being brought to light. A lot of things that we've been a part of that we didn't realize. Media is one of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of endings. So death, which will allow for a rebirth and mulching in Pachamama. When that energy goes down to Mother Earth, it allows for mulching and alchemizing the energy for something new. 
So in your meditation practice, you can, even as you're driving, if you're driving right now, you can, with your breath, just collect it and use it as a wave. Actually, Kelly has taught taught me this, just using your breath as a wave and imagining it coming up to your crown. And as you exhale, as a tidal wave, pushing the energy down and out. And I'd like to also offer imagining a vortex beneath your feet that's spinning clockwise. I think believe it's clockwise. Yeah, clockwise feels... I don't know what I usually do, clockwise or counterclockwise? Counterclockwise is when you're... You're releasing. Yeah, you're letting go or you're dispelling it. So clockwise you want it to take. Creating. So we're going to do... Actually, you're going to do um, clockwise because then you're imagining all the density to come off your body, anything that you're asking to release. And a lot of times we think we have to have a story around the things that we're releasing. I feel this emotion. What's the story behind it? And sometimes it's, I just feel this emotion. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to ask for it to let go. So why don't you just take us through a meditation that even if someone's driving like this vortex that you're you've just walked us through on a on a mental level logical level take us through it like if say we're all your clients and like you said to me the other day you called me the other day and you could feel how dense like it was a tough day for me a lot of uh, personal emotional stuff coming up and you're like yeah, you feel really dense. Maybe try this. So instead of like describing it, actually, could you take us through, even if someone were driving, they could, they could, this is a tool we can use anywhere. We're standing in the grocery line, the store, the grocery store line, and someone's really pissing us off, like how we can alchemize energy that quick. Mm-hmm. Well, in a quick way, all the quick way would just be taking a breath, <laughs> yeah. relaxing into it and releasing it with your exhale. That would be the quick way because it's like that recognition, release, recognition, release, recognition, release. Okay, so we're going to go a little bit. (laughs) So if you can, I would close your eyes. If you're driving, just get, you know, more relaxed, but pay attention to what you're doing. And you're going to want to bring your awareness into your body, into your physical body. And Val did this a little bit, I believe, on the last episode. But notice any places where you have tension. Is it your neck? Is it your shoulders? Is it your back? What about your stomach, your legs? Anywhere that there's tension, there's uncomfort. And go to that place. For me, it's my neck. So if you were to go to that space, what color is it? Trust the immediate answer that you get. Is there an emotion behind it? Feel the emotion. Allow the emotion to come up. You do not need to know why there's the emotion there. Recognize it. Honor it. Give it the attention it's asking for. And you can do this with multiple places in your body. So if there's another place in your body that's asking for attention, go to that place. What color is it? What's the emotion that's behind it? And I want you right now in your mind's eye to imagine yourself taking these emotions. You can couple it with a color, whatever it is. And I want you to imagine that there's a basket in front of you. And you're going to put all of these emotions into this basket. There's actually an angel that comes and she takes the basket and she, she blesses you. And she takes it and she hooks a balloon to it and she lets it go. And you imagine it floating away in the distance. And letting it go all the way, all the way into the distance until you can't even see it anymore. 
And with that, you take a big deep breath in and exhale. And again, honoring yourself for the vast array of emotions that you have the ability to feel. Honoring your body, this physical, beautiful body, for everything that it does for you each day. Without you even asking, the heart beats without you asking it to. You breathe without asking to breathe. Your cells, your tissues, every part of your body is this beautiful vehicle that provides you an opportunity to really live and enjoy each day. So really blessing your body, honoring it, loving it, giving it grace, and making more of a commitment today to notice your physical body more when it comes online, when there's pain, emotions in the body, giving yourself permission to recognize it when it comes up, to honor it, and then to release knowing that any time you can send it away in a basket with an angel or you can send it down to Mother Earth and give it to her. And I want you now to envision a waterfall of light coming over your crown. It can be white light, gold light, emerald green. Whatever color comes, allow it to come in. And feel the energy of source, energy, unconditional love, energy, restorative, nurturing, nourishing energy coming through that water, allowing it to wash over your crown, down through your head, down through your neck, your shoulders, your arms, down through your chest, over your heart, and into your heart space, nourishing, honoring, loving energy going down to your solar plexus, your stomach, going out through your fingertips, down into your belly, really feeling it come all the way into your belly, going down, down, through your pelvis, through your legs, your knees, your calves, your ankles, your feet, going all the way down through your feet, and down into the earth, nourishing the earth. And if you can, sit in this energy for a minute and allowing yourself to really feel the nourishing, loving, restorative energy. Taking a deep breath in. And exhaling out through your mouth. And just giving yourself gratitude for being here in this moment today. And when you're ready, come back into the room, into this space. There's so many opportunities for us to really just take a moment and really honor and validate our existence on this planet, who we are, what we've gone through, the struggles, the hardships, the beauty, 
the sweet nectar of life. I think it's important to allow ourselves to feel nourished, honored, validated. How did that feel? Was that what you were looking for? That was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. Um, that's such a great practice and we can all do that. Sometimes I think it's nice to take yourself through it and then it's really nice to have a guided meditation too so you don't have to think about anything yeah. you know what I mean yeah have, learning how to develop a practice of both mm-hmm. and it, all it is is a practice you know yeah. yeah well what's our ask for today oh geez good question I think the ask is what is it that you can start doing what's the one thing you can commit to doing that's more nurturing for yourself on a daily basis that brings you back to your central center, to your neutral. I was trying to, I was going to say center and neutral, and then it turned out to central, mm-hmm. to your central place. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> I think that would be the ask of yeah. what is your practice that you can commit to every day. And it can even be as simple as just drinking water. Yeah. The water is huge. Most of us walk around dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially yeah. when we're stressed. Mm-hmm. And I would add, try and be more attentive to your breath. Be more aware. Am I breathing? When am I holding my breath? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm surprised sometimes when I tune in. Oh, I'm not breathing. <laughs> <What's> <laughs> what? I, did I breathe today? I know. Seriously. <laughs> or, oh, yeah, I'm in that really shallow, quick breath. Like, <gasps> I remember when I was a kid, my mom used to take a deep breath in and count to 10 and mostly so she wouldn't like lose her shit out of us <laughs> <laughs> when we were being kids. Anyway, um, that was her way of really calming down and be in the moment rather than being that quick, yeah. like responsive. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. Anyway, that was beautiful though. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today and spending some of your valuable time with us. We hope there was something that you gained in your awareness that you can now share into the world. Remember, you are a divine creator. So what are you creating today? Come check us out on Instagram, Finding Oneness in Duality. We'd love to hear your feedback. We would just love to hear from you. Please feel free to come check us out. Relationships are two-sided, so come be the other side. Finding oneness dot in dot do <laughs> it's too long <laughs> thank you so okay you gotta stop laughing <laughs> oh you even got it okay. okay you had to pull that in <laughs> <laughs> laughter is good for the soul all right squirrel <laughs> okay